Meanwhile, in the floating kingdom of Fae, in Otherworld. All right, everyone, it's me, Saturnine. And as of right now, it stands Arako 10, Krakoa 5. And for the next battle, it's time to see who will slay. The Runway! Hit it, Billy Porter! Oh, what's up, you fabulous mutants? The category is the future of your homeworld. And first, coming to the runway, we've got Aurora Monroe, a true goddess. Oh, Oh, look at her. She was born on the runway. Oh. Up next, we've got the hirsute legend himself. Wolverine! Oh, I can't believe I'm fucking doing this. What the hell is this? Who led oh. you on this runway? Outfit's ridiculous. That is the saddest thing I've ever seen, and I've seen Terms of Endearment. Coming up next, we've got the Green Machine herself. Let's root for the Red Root. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Honey, you are a mess. Oh, oh, I tripped Honey, you are a hot too mess. Long. Oh. What is that frock? Jesus. Oh. And finally, we've got All's Fair in Love and Her War. If anyone yes. fucking says anything, I'll fucking kill all of you. God, Literally Jesus. on fire. Oh, let me work it, though. Cock, 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 cock. Judges for Storm and Wolverine. Give us your scores. Nine, nine point five, nine, ten. Judges now for the Araco Mutant. Oh, tens across the board. How? Did you see their outfits? Okay. Point to Araco, I guess. Hello, everyone, and you were just listening to one of the Ten of Swords battle from the latest ongoing saga in the X-Men universe. Hi, everyone. This is CBQ Legacy. That's comic book queers, if you're not in the know. I'm Evil Jeff, and once again, I am joined by our gorgeous, long-haired Gorgeous. Brett. I have long hair. I have long hair now. Hey, get in the know already. If you haven't been in the know by now, what are you waiting for? Seriously. This is episode 157? 57. Come on. There's so oh much for you to go through. So much. And there's so much uh, for us to go through right now. Because yes. I have opinions. Opinions? <laughs> so do I. Jesus Christ. But before we get into Ten of Swords, which will be the main... Uh, topic of discussion. I think we need to get into some What Are You Gonna Hit? Oh. Hot, hot topics. topics. Um, the category for our Hot Topics segment this week is Assholes. Assholes. Um, category one, How to Ruin a Character for No Reason. <laughs> and who's on the runway in that category? <laughs> um, Franklin Richards. Yeah, Dan Slott. 
Dan, Dan Slott, Slott, you're first. Decided to do a twist of fate in the new, newest um, uh, Fantastic Four issue. And he decided to choose that actually Franklin Richards just used his reality warping power to make himself a mutant. So now that he has lost his reality warping powers, he is no longer a mutant either. Literally, genetic appropriation is where we took Franklin Richards. Here's the thing, though. It. Why? Why? Like, why would you make a character less interesting? And if you remember, how many times has Franklin been deemed too powerful by a writer and depowered? A few times. Oh, please. More times than Superman. It's happened a few times. And so I'm just confused of, like, why he thinks it's interesting to take one of the most powerful people, mutants, on the planet. And I'm not only going to depower them, I'm going to make them not a mutant. How does that make anything more interesting? If you're going to add a twist or a plot point, it needs to add intrigue, not take away intrigue. This is one of, I I think this goes down as one of the dumbest plot moves I have ever encountered, ever. I'm very upset about this. And I think it will be retconned when the next writer takes over the Fantastic Four. I don't know. Who's the fucking editor of Marvel? Like, who's the main editor of Marvel that allowed this? Are you kidding? It's Mr. Cultural Appropriation himself. Oh, right. (laughs) Yeah, so that's why he allowed it. Um, Literally, I'm going to take on the traits of mutants to make myself more interesting is where Dan Slott took Franklin Richards. I'd like to add this nuance to what shitty storytelling this is. Here you have a character that has been a young boy for most of its existence. Most of his existence, Franklin's been a little kid. You have this time slip where he grows up and you have this world of interesting storytelling of a grown-up Franklin Richards and where you could take that character. Part of his growing up journey was finding this community. And realizing that he has got, he is part of a marginalized community, and he's got this community telling him, you know, we are your family just as much as your family family. And there's a beautiful storyteller. That's a beautiful story. To strip that away, to strip away a coming-of-age story where somebody finds community, a community of freaks... Why would you do that? That that is the opposite of character. Especially growth. after there literally was just an entire. Why would you? There literally was X Men and Fantastic Four, which she already had problems with. This literally renders that whole entire thing useless, and pointless. And also, he's had powers ever since he was in the Power Pack, probably before he even knew what a mutant was. So it doesn't make sense. I mean, there's so like and then days where of do, future past. Where do his powers uh, come from then? Yeah. Right. Daisy, Where, how but, does he but, like, have he's been powers. a mutant for decades. It's so stupid. I, I also hate the fact that um, Scarlet Witch and uh, Quicksilver are not mutants and are not Magneto's kids. I had a problem with that as well. It's just like this weird thing of like, why? Why? It's, it's, it feels mutant phobic to me. It does feel mutant phobic. Like, if mutants were real, like, this would be... <laughs> this would be a hate crime. <laughs> it is a hate crime. It's a hate crime. Hate yeah, crime. It's mostly just it's just a hate crime to storytelling. It's stupid. 
It's a hate crime to my heart, is what it is. Yeah, I just so, don't. I don't even. Thanks I don't for nothing, it. Dan Slot. Way to ruin and the fucking movie. He's been known for not being. Um, has been kind of an asshole on um, social media. And he's not taking well the backlash that he's receiving. So. Yeah. Whatever. Hey, what a great segue to our second asshole who is also an asshole on social media. So much so that she she too has ruined a character. One she plays. We're looking at you, Gina Carano. I don't even know if that's her last name. I don't care enough to look it up. This is interesting because I have a weird take on this. Gina Carano has now publicly gone full, um, like she's joined Parler. She's a Trump supporter. She is, thinks the election has been rigged and she's like tweeting all about it. And now people are like, get this lunatic off the Mandalorian, get her off the show. And here's the thing is, do you think she will be fired? No. But here's the next question. Do you think simply being a Trump supporter, which makes you an idiot, no offense, is that enough to be fired? I feel like unless she says something Trump racist supporting, like something like, yeah, fuck those immigrants, I find it a hard reason to actually get rid of her. You know what I mean? Is that crazy? Yeah, because we're still in a space where people are like, legitimizing this administration still still that that we're playing this game of oh yeah that's just the other side no it's not the other side it's an anti-democracy bunch of fucking nazis who are trying to coup and overthrow the government and delegitimize a legitimate in fact this most secure election in history it's not like i like reagan over like it's, but but here's the sad thing. But we're still in a space where we're legitimized. And I agree with that. But the, the sad thing is, is half the country believes that. Exactly. So It's insane. So are we able to just be like, if you are a Republican, half the country, no, are right. you now we excluded should. from being in anything? Like, it's, it's a very, like, we're in this weird, fucked up situation. And I don't know, it seems very weird to be like, just because you're a Republican, does that mean you can't be in Hollywood? But now being a Republican basically means being a Nazi. And so what do you, yeah, yeah, like is being a racist Nazi. And so I don't. And being anti-democracy. Yeah. So I do find it, um, it's, I find it very tricky of like, how, how are you going to ride this? How is like Hollywood going to ride this? Do they have to take a side? Or are they just going to try and ride it out and ignore it? Because also, if you're Disney, can you really just say, hi, half the country, fuck right. you? Right. You can't. So how do you ride? How do you what? How do you do it? What do you do? Of time. I just pray that once all of this falls apart and Trump is finally out, that I think Republicans are just doing this just for the Georgia vote. Yeah, exactly. And I'm praying that once that happens, um, that they'll let it go. But the other thing I'm thinking is I'm afraid Mitch McConnell might do pull a, well, since your election is not real, we're not going to 
do we're not going to pass any of your we will not vote for any of your uh we'll not let you have oh, a cabinet absolutely we're and literally done that anyway let you have a cabinet we're not going to let yeah. you have anything oh america i already got an email where it's like we need you to help fund the transition i'm like what like they won't give us access to the gsa funds for the transition so we need to raise more money what i know it's so fucked up all right can we just move on to fucking Ten of Swords? I'm getting so angry. All right, let's get a little XC in here. Hit it! I want your X. So, oh wait, hold on. Come on! Oh, you stupid! Did you call me a stupid? You stupid! Um, Ten of Swords. Ten of We've Swords. Got some X Force chugging along. Yeah. Hellions and Cable. Yeah. yeah. Ten of Swords is okay, and this is going to be offensive to you. Okay. You, uh, there was a little moment uh, that Billy Porter mentioned earlier that I'm going to mention earlier. Oh. Has Ryan Murphy taken over Ten of Swords? <laughs> oh my god oh that's perfect because that's perfect. ryan murphy that's has a history perfect. of setting up a home run oh this is so and fun. then it turning into a total clusterfuck towards the end <laughs> and this is getting really messy in a way that a doesn't make sense and b it's now it's kind of making it like almost like a joke rather than it's like this isn't a real contest oh, anymore okay I want to hone in on that statement. So that was something I brought up. I, I did the um, Homo Superior X podcast this week as part of the Crossing Swords crossover. And I mentioned that while I love stories and shows that stay one step ahead of the audience and, you know, and defy your expectations. Um, what happens here with these mini games, with these little contests that aren't sword fights and that are done kind of tongue in cheek is it creates a feeling of, does this not matter? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, it, it I mean, it kind of doesn't matter. I felt better when they accounted for it all in that data page and you saw like what each competition was and who won. But then why Granted, was it not right? Okay. Yeah, there were errors in there. Can you Some tell typos. me one of the competitions is an eating contest? Yeah. What does it say in the image? It shows... Cypher, Captain Britain, and is it Cable? Uh, yeah. Winning the competition. Does it not say that they got the point? It says that they got the point. Then why in the data page does it say Red Root won? Yep. Huh? I know. Like, and that's there's typos liter- that's everywhere. Literally, it literally... Like, who let that slide? Like, who is there... Where are the editors? Yeah, just fucking... Yeah, fuck Franklin Richards. Oh, oh, is this supposed to make sense? Ten of Swords? Uh, who? Hello? What's the editor's name? What's his name? Mr. I Want to Pretend to Be an Asian? Jordan What? No. Oh, C.B. Sabluski. Oh, is that who Sibulski. we're talking about? So the editor-in-chief of Marvel is not responsible for this. The editor of the X office is responsible for it, and that's Jordan D. White. Jordan D. White? What is going on with you, Jordan D. White? He's such a great guy. I don't, I mean, I'm like, I don't care. What does the D stand for? Douchebag? Come on. <laughs> Come on. That being said, there's still some great writing. There's still some great moments. 
And I will say, but these little mini games were suddenly, I thought it was going to be 10 points. Whoever hits 10 wins. Now it's like 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. I'm like, huh? How many games is it? Oh, this person's going to fight in five games. This person's going to fight in six games. Saturnine is just fully cheating and making sure that Krakoa doesn't win some of them. It, it feels ridiculous. And it makes some of the more interesting ones, like when we get to Cable, where there's actual battles to the death, like yeah. those are more powerful to me. And I'm like, they all should be like this. Not a fucking agree. runway. A runway? I don't agree. I don't want to see a gladiator-type sword fight ten times in a row. Like, they nailed it with Storm. They nailed it with Gorgon. Loved those two. That's what I thought Ten of Swords was going to be. I don't when think I it saw has those to two. Be, no, but here, I don't think it has to be a gladiator fight to the death. But I think it all should be a fight to the death. And I think it should have just been ten battles. Well, who cares what you think? That would have been that's so not much what more it is. exciting. It would have been well, so much not... more exciting. A puzzle. Yeah. Oh, we did a puzzle. Oh, oh, <laughs> we have a map and we have to like figure out. It's fucking stupid. Oh, there's one it. where we have to walk in the movie Labyrinth staircases. Oh, what is it, Escher? We have to go be in an Escher drawing? This is stupid. If it was just like, okay, here it is. This is a game of chess. And the loser has to eat this poison pellet and die. Like, that's more interesting to me. There's no stakes. The stakes have been dropped. Yeah, I agree with that. The stakes are well done. Yeah. The worst way to have the stakes are well done. I I mean, you know, I, I choose to embrace the part of my brain that's like, this is fun. It's Laugh Olympics. Like, it's kooky. They look what they've been through together, all this stuff. I have a feeling like Araco mutants and Krakoa mutants are going to merge at the end and be friends. Oh, Jesus um, Christ. Look at all this stuff they did together. Um, I I enjoy the, the womp womp of it. I'm I'm not happy. Did you? I also didn't understand the spelling contest thing. Oh, it's a joke that the reason magic is spelled the way she spells it is because she thinks that's how you spell it. Really? Okay, that's dumb. I love that bit. Uh, I think that's hilarious. Also, the part with the cat where in Merlin's realm they had to kill a cat, and Captain uh Britain wouldn't kill the cat. Captain Avalon. Avalon, whatever. He wouldn't kill the fucking cat. Why would you not kill a cat? Oh, I'll let all of humanity die for a fucking cat. But I'll it's a do kitten. an but I'll do an eating contest where I'm eating the brains of a troll. It okay, makes we get it. no sense. You don't like the, you don't like the comedic tone shift. You don't like it. I get it. It's stupid. I get it. But I now let's fun. get to parts I do like. Okay. Here comes the battle of Storm Storm and Wolverine had a drinking contest. Stor- Wolverine goes off to be he has to take Solemn's place to battle war who severs a hand first wins Storm gets sent drunk to battle death not just drunk powerless we love yes. a powerless Storm and in a here's night fight. the thing is I wish she she kind of referenced it but it was just like bitch I went for years without my powers you think I fucking need powers to battle you Although it was the whole entire point, they kept emphasizing how her sword enhances her lightning powers. <laughs> and that it's like, that's yeah. a bad That's like a metaphor for the whole crossover, right? Like, we set yeah. up this thing, and then we're not going to use it. And then here's, uh, we finally get to see these, like, alien, this alien world. 
uh, and the they're vampire battling world, in Savalith. the alien world. Vampire and, world, Savalith. And so I guess it was like, it was the first to draw blood, technically? Yeah. And um, we realize that it is a death sentence because they're all vampires. So as soon as they smell the blood, yeah, they're going to come feasting. I mean, that's the most badass end of a sword fight I've ever seen. And basically, this that basically this battle becomes Clash of the Titans, ripping off Clash of the Titans, Battle of Medusa. Yep. Oh, someone has a death stare. How do you beat him? Reflection. Reflections of the way um, <laughs> the Reflections of your face. Um, do you notice that she carves a little heart into the smoke for him to see his reflection through? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Love I love her. And she fucking stabs the fuck out of him. She fucking stabs the fuck out of him. She sure does. And then she's like, well, he's bleeding, isn't he? Like, Go ahead. Have Get a on taste. It. He Get gets on it, fully eaten. And here's error number 576 of Ten of Swords. Yep. In the next issue in Cable, where it does the death count, yes, it doesn't say the death is dead. Well, maybe he's not. <laughs> Although he is fully he's, eaten. He's being fully digested. <laughs> maybe he's coming back as a vampire. Yeah. <sighs> I feel like once you're half eaten, the it's too late. All right, whatever. <laughs> That's not how it works. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to my favorite issue of the whole goddamn thing. Of like, I feel like Sinister has risen up the ranks, and it's probably now in my top five X Men characters of all time. Oh my god, he's. Amazing. <laughs> so, Hellions number six, I think, I'm going to say it. It's a contender for best comic book issue of the year. Yeah, it's it's kind of like everything I was having a problem with. It was like, who gives a shit? And this is the thing of where you take something, where your expectations, and then you thwart them. It fucking works. Because here's the thing. Sinister, they are on this long battle to steal the swords. They finally get to Araco, and they're like, oh, the battle's been going on. This shit started <laughs> Like, already. this shit started. And it turns out Sinister could not give a fuck. He didn't care. He didn't care about any of that. because he's he not wanted, why he's there. He just wants the mutant DNA of these Araco mutants for him to play with. And Brilliant. you're like, of course, of course he does. <laughs> Brilliant. Of course he does. Yes. And we learned that fucking Havoc has lost an eye. Oh, God, the comedy. Oh, the, the comedy. horse is dying. The, the horse they stole from Saturnine is dying. Everyone is miserable. Um, Empath Zeb wants to get Grey, lift Grey Crow, but he knows he'll be murdered. Like Zeb Wells uses this time slip as like the funniest like he really uses that device really well of like okay they've had a whole journey that we're not going to show you but we are going to show you the, what the, it's done to them the interesting thing is who does sinister battle the kind of his counterpart 
kind of like another dark reflection of another character. The Araco version about. of Sinister. Yeah. Where his mutant power is to mutate the mutants into like different type of powerful beings. And boy does he. We're talking about Locus Vile, this six five six mutants that destroy the Hellions. Yeah, and that's where so is Nanny dead? <laughs> so I Is Nanny dead? <laughs> we argued this on the other show. This is not Otherworld. This is Araco. Which is Oh, on the so other this side. isn't Dry Oh, I thought it was like Dryasdor. No, because uh Cable fights in Dryador later. Okay. This this is straight up Araco. Oh, okay. So then that means they can be brought back. Yeah, so this is Amenth. Oh, okay. My thing that also confused me is it seems like he was painstakingly trying to get them through the gate before they all get killed. Spoiler. Oh, shit. That's right. Like, doesn't Grey Crow say, better get through that gate? Yes. Fuck. I don't want Nanny and Orphan Maker to be dead. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. But they are not in Araco anymore. They went through another gate. Didn't they go through a second gate? Holy fuck. Where the other world people were waiting for them? Oh, yes. They do. Okay, yes. yes. So I think. Okay, so Nanny Nanny, dies on Araco. I think Nanny (laughs) is safe. She's, thank God. It's a little complicated. But guess what? It all makes sense. I'm not pissed off. And then poor... Yeah, they all get the... They get a fucking... Uh, Orphan Maker has his arms ripped off. Havoc loses an eye. And his hands. Oh, Havoc loses his hands. Gets his hands fucking chopped off. At this point, I was like... They're gonna... He's gonna die. <laughs> like, I was like... They're not yeah. gonna leave Havoc eyeless and handless. Little did we know. <laughs> they're all gonna die. Um, and there's all of this huge battle. Of course, Sinister releases his little drones, collects his DNA, and then Psylocke, the locust vial. Yeah. Psylocke has to leave um, Wild Child to die. Well, she, like, forces him to die. Yeah. To buy them time. And, um, and then Sinister also doesn't make it. Yeah, he's killed. But if we read the earlier issue, um, uh-huh. that didn't matter because the sinister... Clo- we already know there's two sinisters and they kind of already knew the sinister that was going to go was probably not going to make it back. Yeah, so he got the cape. But who is uh, waiting? Who's waiting in the realms as they pass through the gates back to Krakoa? Is sinister waiting Other there? Sinister. Is yeah. is the, the the sinister that didn't go on the mission, just flat out murders them all. He he murders Psylocke. He murders Havoc. And then the thing he does to Greycrow, like he pushes a button and Greycrow decomposes, which is so like a oh sinister's had control of these marauders all along. Yes, yes. It's it's interesting that he chose to kill each of them in a different way. Yeah, yeah. Which so it just looked shows like... how fucking psychopathic he is, yeah. but also smart of where smart. he's like, it was. This isn't an assassination. This is like, oh look, they were in battle. Yeah. 
and um, fucking what's his nuts poor empath finally makes it through the thing and then just fucking how does he die? Grey Crow um, uh, disemboweled him. Oh, so he just died from that in from, other worlds. Oh, so he just died from the from the stabbing that Grey Crow did. Sinister yes. didn't do that. Grey Crow stabbed him in Avalon and said, better get through that gate before you die. And and this was going to be, this was actually going to be my potential if we did a different uh, beginning, if we didn't do the runway beginning. His, oh. <laughs> like, he's like, la da 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 like, he's just humming to himself, <laughs> murdering them, and then he's like, there we are, and now... Uh, Someone, oh my sweet holy god, help! There's been a terrible attack. You reminded me of Sally Field and Soap Dish. I don't know why. Yes, like, just yes. able to turn it on. I love it. Love it. So good. So good. I mean, this issue, it was terrifying. The Locust Vial was terrifying. It was hilarious. It was suspenseful, surprising. There were and stakes. It had heartbreaking. It had stakes, and there were heartbreaking moments, like with Psylocke and Wild Child. Yes. Fantastic. God. It was so good. It was so fucking good. And I'm telling you right now, um, it continues on in Cable, where they all still think fucking Sinister is on their side. Like, they need to, like, they fucking need to... This is what's killing me. So, it's not until Sinister shows back up at the Quiet Council, and they have all those scenes, and I'm like, are Xavier and Magneto really just sitting around during this whole thing? Like, the Quiet Council is just at their desks, just waiting. I'm like, really? That That's the part that drives me nuts. Is like really, Xavier and we only have three is issues left, and, and the fucking uh, Cerebro Sword still hasn't shown up. It's insane. I don't know. And we get a good uh, jab at Kitty Pride's fashion sense. <laughs> uh, Sinister reads Kitty for filth, and Emma knows it's a read, and will not have any part of it. Uh, well, that motion is regrettably sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we get, then we go to Dryador and we get the uh, Cable's fight against um, Bay the Blood Moon. And just like a kid, he gets, he, he basically, I feel like this is kind of like a Game of Thrones where it's, uh, what's the big guy? That battle with the gay guy, the bisexual guy. and the, oh, ten, the mountain and the, and the mountain. viper. Where yeah. he gets a little cocky. Yeah, yeah. And then... He was doing good, but then you got cocky. Yeah. And uh, gets his arm all fucked up, and she's about to kill him, but her husband... So weird to say that. Oh my god. Her husband... But that can she understand him? Well, he does kind of... Uh, you know what? I don't know. Does she understand? She seems to understand other people. Yeah, so it's like he just can't understand her. Um, and uh, and she allows Cable to live, which I think is kind of lame. Um, I for a second thought they were going to kill Cable, and then it was going to like rear old, old Cable yeah. coming back. 
And then, like a whiny bitch, he psychically reaches out to oh, his mom and dad. He's a no, kid. Sweet. No, it's sweet. He's very like, I'm, I'm trying to do it. <laughs> there was an icicle, and it fell, and it hit me. <laughs> um, uh, my favorite panel of X of Swords is absolutely... I forget her name, but it was Doug's large wife, <laughs> Jean's face. <laughs> She's like, wait, what? Jean. Oh, what are Jean. we missing? Oh, the faces Jean has been making during the Dawn of X era. And then Saturnine snaps her fingers, severs the connection. And Jean and Cyclops are like, look, we're, let's, we... Hello, they didn't send us. Like we're the we're the two that fix everything. Right. Why did they not send us to fix this fucking thing? Let's go do it. So I I'm like, yeah, moment. you go fucking they kiss I each other, it. go fix it. Also it's like, hey, your both of your your guy's husband is out there fighting. Don't yeah, forget it. Like, we know you're in a thruple. Don't even start. That's right. And this is what I'm talking about. Like Xavier like Gene and Scott are like, what the fuck are we doing? Like we need to go like try to help. Like, this is what I'm talking about, Xavier. Like, you're just la-la-la-la-la-la-la, sitting around, checking my email. I don't get it. Anyway, then the Gorgon fight, which was the other best part of this whole thing. So, Gorgon, and this is one where it's like, I don't know, Gorgon. I don't have any, like... I don't have any, like, stakes on whether he lives or dies. But this was written very, like... This is my problem where I like this type of thing going on than a fucking puzzle piece, one panel puzzle piece mini game. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's I I want to reserve judgment on the pacing of this story until I can sit down and read the whole thing. Like, I'm curious if the mini games read more as a blip in relation to the overall story when you're reading it in one fell swoop. Yeah. So let's talk about Gorgon's battle. He has to battle the White Sword. And the White Sword is actually like you're not before you can battle me, you have to battle the hundred men I resurrect every day. Yeah. And which is interesting. And my question though is why does it it looks like he's being slaughtered, or is he slaughtering them? It looks like, why does it stop before all the hundred die? He, he's near death. Okay. Um, and war actually says, enough of this, just finish him. Okay, okay. And White Sword is, is like, fine. And the yeah. problem, the reason war is so pissed off is Saturnine who we yeah. think is on the side of Araco the whole time, suddenly is like, no, it's fight to the death. He's killed. He's killed eighteen people, so that's eighteen points. So everything has been evened up, and I actually—that's a twist. I like. Like I yeah, thought that no, I was it. really cool. Yeah. yeah. And and in the end, he just kind of. Well, I mean, his eyes are gouged out. He basically says, I don't want to be your slave. So White Sword just kills him and doesn't... Doesn't resurrect him. Doesn't resurrect him. But that's the thing is he could resurrect him and just not like he did to Cypher. Right? At this point, it's like fucking... That's sour grapes. Yeah, maybe he will. 
We'll Maybe see. Will Gorgon will. come back? I think there is a possibility of Gorgon still could come back. But I'm I like just that hoping he for died. Nanny. I mean, we all yeah. thought that yeah, Gorgon. No one thought Gorgon was going to make it out of this. Right. He was the but fucking the way red he shirt died. the whole entire time. Yeah, um, but the way he died was great. Yes. Was great. And now this leads up for the battle of uh, Annihilation or Genesis, Genesis versus an Apocalypse. Apocalypse. And I do think this is going to be. I think this is going to. This has the potential to turn the tide. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of like, I have a feeling like this might be the outcome of this battle might be what causes the Araco people and the Krakoa people to team up. You know what I mean? I know what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Like yep. maybe they're going to start making out at the end. Like they're going to like start fucking instead of maybe they'll become lovers instead of fighters. Yeah. I mean, maybe somehow they'll figure out how to, how to like all take it to Annihilation or Amenth instead of each other. Yeah. Who knows? I'm still waiting for Moira to show up. Yeah. Um, so and, next week is it. Yeah. That's it. And just to let you know, here in Contest of Plates in Cable, it is still said that uh, Krakoa wins. So I'm still oh, confused yeah. as to what that contest was really about. Contest of the plates, Krakoa. Oh, so Mojo's Mojo's agent got it wrong. That's what's what we're saying. I mean, that's what it, it was. Mojo's report that said Araka won. All right. Fine. Ooh, what if that was on purpose and Mojo has got us like a mole who's hmm. giving him misinformation? Well, that's a lot of I'm gonna, X-Men I'm stuff. I'm going to email Jordan D. White. That is a lot of X-Men stuff. We're going to have X-Men stuff coming up later because I saw New Mutants finally, Yay! and I want to talk about it. In fact, now that all of the Fox X-Men movies are said and done, New Mutants being the last one, I think at the end of the show, we should rank our personal rankings. A ranking X-Men 20 movies. years in the making. Oh, I love it. Epic. Um, but first, we got a few other comic books to talk about. What else hit did it. you read? Oh, yeah, hit it. <laughs> you gotta get a comic if you wanna get ahead. Um, what else did I read? Yeah. I read I read Marvel Voices, Indigenous Voices. Um, if you remember, Marvel Voices did a Creators of Color uh, one-shot. Um, creators of color telling stories of characters of color and this is um, indigenous voices so indigenous American creators writing indigenous American characters did um, I know Mirage is featured in this she is Um, by any chance do they address how problematic her power set and outfits are at the moment so um, not the outfits and I is that problematic really yeah I just feel like at this point, I don't know. It does feel more like, uh, I don't know. I guess that's the thing. Maybe this is what it needs is something of her embracing it. Right now, it feels more like um, a costume rather than her embracing her heritage. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, the total, I want to I want to mention the art by Jeffrey Verrege, um, Verrege. Uh It's fantastic. He's oh, a, and I didn't read this, by the way, so I'm just yes, you, you I know. have to fill it all. 
Yes, I'm telling you about it. Um, so the art is amazing. Um, there's three stories. There's an Echo story, a Mirage right. story, and a Silver Fox story. Okay. Um, and the Echo story um, is by Re- uh, Rebecca Roanhorse, and the is Silver it, Fox is Echo story. Echo deaf? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, so the Echo story is weird. It's Loki. So Carol Danvers takes Echo to an alien planet. This alien planet is under siege by like a godlike figure, and she brings Echo to fight this god. But then Carol Danvers is really Loki, and Loki brought Echo to fight this alien god for some reason. She does. She beats the god, and Loki's like, and now you're ready for what's next. I don't know. What's next? I don't know. All right. Well, TBD. (laughs) TBD. Um, There's a Silver Fox story by Stephen Graham Jones, and... It's an it's a flashback story of Silver Fox. Um, evidently, Silver Fox has a wolf, had a wolf, because it's the story of her getting this wolf, and then what, later. Wait, what they, is Silver Fox's? Is she from the Avengers mostly? No, Weapon X. Oh, okay. It's Wolverine's love from Weapon X. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um. So evidently, this wolf was a character in like early Wolverine books from like the nineties. Cause they flash forward to like moments where this wolf pup that she takes grows up and they all have like little footnotes. That's like in Wolverine number 49 from 1998. I'm like, Oh, okay. So it's the story of how silver Fox got this wolf. I dig it. Okay. But here's what, so Darcy little badger is the writer of Mirage. The title is Mirage colon multifaceted. Here's what you'll like. First of all, it's only Danny and Rain. Love it. Love it, which we'll talk about when we get to the movie. <laughs> it's only Danny and Rain in the movie, too. What? Uh-huh. <laughs> and then the reason it's called multifaceted, Evil Jeff, is because throughout this story, Mirage uses all of her powers. She uses animal rapport. She uses fear. She uses desire. And she uses psychic arrows. And this is taking place now? Yes. So she has all of her powers now? All of these powers. Yes. Fucking thank God. Jesus Christ. So took long it. enough. It's a beautiful book. Yeah. Um, so I recommend reading the Mirage story. It might appeal to you. Okay, great. I love it. What are you reading? Um, I read um, something called uh, Something is Killing the Children. Oh my god, so did I. Actually, um, I'm realizing now I did not read number 12. Fuck! Oh, Jesus. It starts getting intense. Tell me about it. Well, we last left the, the children, oh. uh, where everyone's everyone in the town basically saw the invisible monster rip a little girl in half, and they're all locked in the gym. Uh, the main girl, Erica Slaughter, and what's the, the gay... Dude, I can never remember his name. Let's say Brian. Brian, the gay, gay, gay teenage dude that kind of started all of this. Literally, um, he. Um, I'll get to that in a second. He, they're trapped in a car trying to escape, and the monsters are there. It cuts. It, when it picks up the next issue, they are where the little girl Bian, Bian, I think her name is Bian. Yeah, Bian. They're where the guy who kind of took her away. They're at his uh, where he's hiding out. And Erica's like been bit by the monster because they battled him trying to escape. Oh, fuck. And so she's patching herself up and she's like, look, 
we need to get her like and then they were going through it and she's like we need to do this and he's like i'm not going to help you and she's like you have to understand the white uh what was it called the white um not the white people from the Erica Slaughter's cabal that yeah, she's in. Yeah, the it's white like room the, or the black the room. The white room people. She's like, they're yeah. coming, and they are more concerned with making sure that this story doesn't get out than saving everyone, a.k.a. they're going to kill everybody. And right. he's like, oh, no. All right, I'll help you. And then, basically, she starts talking to... Um, she starts talking to both of them, and you hash it out, and it turns out, actually, um, it is the... Uh, it's the boy. He actually kind of wished the monster into being. <gasps> what? And it's actually... Because of his... It's his homosexuality? Stood. Well, it's the thing of, like, the monsters. Like, it's kind of, like, similar to the Department of Truth. It's like, once you start getting people to believe in it, it feeds on that belief. And oh, he's shit. the one that actually started, like, telling people, like, ooh, there's a monster in the forest, and then other people oh. started saying it, and it caused it to, like, form. Oh, wow. And so the kid is like, <gasps> it's my fault, and he's freaking out, and she's like, it's not just your fault, there had to be all these other things going on for this to happen, it's just it's just one part of it, don't blame yourself, but then the main woman shows up, and she's like, oh, he is at fault, and it's all fucked up, and basically, she just slits the guy's throat, who was there taking care of Beyond beyond or whatever her name is and she's basically like i'm i'm it's time i'm gonna kill everybody and it ends with her basically like it's time for all of you to die and you're like ah oh my god some something is killing the adults too yeah something's killing everything but once again i can't wait this is this is i mean if someone does not pick this up for it's already picked up it's gonna be a show i think but who does before amazon or who i don't know it has to be because this is like this will be a huge hit. Cuz it's good. It's so fucking good. Um and I also read uh one you told me about uh, which is gay. All of these are gay, 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 gay. And it's also Boom Studios just like Something is Killing the Children. It's called uh wait, what is it called? We only find We them. only find them when they're dead. Yes. And Brett talked about it a bit, and I was like... It's Al Ewing! Yeah. I was like, I have to read this. And I did, and it is it is a very different space cowboy type. Yeah. It's, like, it's kind of like the space cowboy, like, scavengers. It's yes. that trope, but it's told in a very different way. And it really is just told in this very cramped, yeah. claustrophobic... Everyone is just in these tiny, tiny spaceships that are only have like four to one people, like one person's in this one, four people are in this one. And it's just great. It's basically like gods exist, but they've only been able to find gods when they're dead. And they they basically scavengers come and they take parts of the body. But it's run by this kind of galaxy run government decides who can take what. And one of the government, like, watchers has it out for the main guy who's gay. On the, yeah, on the autopsy ship. Yeah. And his want is that he wants to see a live god. Yeah. And all of them, because all of them are just like, this is our lives. Our lives are kind of awful. Like, existence is kind of awful. Fuck it. Let's go, let's go find a live god. 
and the one and this one um government person she killed his parents and basically is just waiting for an excuse to kill him too because apparently her parents basically mutilated her and she lost a lot of her limbs because of them so she's just in full revenge mode and uh this latest issue do you want to pick it up i feel like i'm doing all the no uh, yeah this latest issue um when we last saw our heroes in the autopsy ship the four of them they um they escaped into a portal essentially into warp speed to find a live god um and this officer who is dead set on revenge against our ship's captain um follow them so it's the it's a chase this issue is essentially a chase and here's the amazing thing is there is the majority of this issue is them in warp speed and because they're going the speed of light they can't shoot a laser because it won't reach them but they know that as soon as they go out of warp speed they're dead they're dead so it's like this weird like them trying to calculate and talking to each other of like how what can we do it's just this like it was all strategy I felt like I was just like watching a chess game like it was kind of brilliant it's kind of brilliant in that I love that you said it's very claustrophobic like here's this story set in the vastness of space and beyond there's like a god realm that they're you know trying to to get to but everything is told in this very claustrophobic these tight quarters yet we're able to feel the momentum of the warp drive the 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 tension of the the dogfight that's happening um despite being in these little tiny compartments um experiencing the story and the story is also very personal yes there's like uh because it looks like the four people it's a brother and sister it's uh and then the main guy the captain the quartermaster is like looks like it's like his best friend yeah and she's known him since he was like for like years and then there's the a brother and sister and the cat and then the who's the engineer and then the girl is the what does she do uh, i forget sister do yeah i forget oh i think she's anyway whatever she does but he but the engineer the brother he's lovers with the captain mm-hmm. and uh yeah there's just a lot of stakes going on and and the way they try to get out of this is like oh if we can stop at a place with a lot of gravity let's stop there and we will uh and it will buy us like some time we only have a few seconds and they end up stopping and they're stop at a god a dead god another dead god but this one is different he's like it's a lot larger these look he's like by the time they get to our galaxy they just they look a lot different and the reason it looks different is because this god is not dead she wakes up she wakes up but it looks like it ends with like the the best friend getting shot yeah it looks like the um the government agent lady gets into their ship um, yeah. when they are stopped at this god and she might kill the sister or the, the engineer. Yeah. No, not the engineer. The engineer is the gay lover. The quartermaster. Oh, yes, yes. The, quarter the quartermaster. Master, yes. Which I love. I was like, why is she called the quartermaster? I'm like, oh, she literally just chops up the meat. She's basically <laughs> a butcher. She just chops up the meat for them to eat. They're just eating god meat. Yummy. This is great. Yeah, it's good comic books, Boom Studios. And it's You're so really different. Killing it. It's so different. Yeah, it's very good. It's it's very it's, good. it's it's like the storytelling is different. 
the drawings go perfectly with it. It's 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 the very rarely that I'm it's very rarely that I'm reading something where I'm like I haven't read a story like this in a while. It's very refreshing. Yeah, it's uh, Simone De Mayo is the artist. It's Love very it. good. Yep, it's amazing. Have you read anything but in, else? No, enough about comic books. Me neither. Um, I did watch a movie called New Mutants. Hit it. Someone who watch superhero sci-fi stuff with me. Okay. I saw New Mutants in a drive-in theater. So I had that joyous kind of experience. Did that experience of me in the middle of the pandemic, my first time going out, being with a bunch of people that just wanted to see it, did that affect... Because I love this movie. Did that, but then, but now you probably just watched it at home. I watched it at home. Does that mean you hated the movie? Well, I watched it at home with my good friend in Chicago over Zoom, who is also an X-Men freak. So it was both of our first time seeing New Mutants. And he's, this is someone who, when I lived in Chicago, we were there opening night of every Marvel movie, every superhero movie. Right. To come out. So we would have seen New Mutants together if we're not for the pandemic and for not me moving. Um, so we watched it together and what did you think evil Jeff yeah I'm so sorry no but I loved it yay and this I is, loved it people got angry like when I put that I loved it on Instagram people were like are you fucking for real this is fucking garbage and I was why like, is it garbage like it was a it was a simple um Kind of like teen horror. I think people went light. into it thinking it was going to be like an X-Men movie. And then we're kind of like, what is this? It was fun. It was fine. It was like, I, I, I so the, you know, the, the um, misfires on casting the proper race for Sunspot and for Cecilia Reyes is valid and important. Um and I want to recognize that before I gush over this movie. I do. Uh, and as I said before, I honestly feel it was probably more a mistake of by the time this got to casting. Yeah. There was a mistake. It was someone just put Brazilian and someone just put Latino. And they for, and so they forgot to put black Latino and Afro-Brazilian. And yeah. Afro-Brazilian. So I think it was... And by but, the time... Ultimately, somebody should have checked that. Exactly, exactly. But I don't think it was a purposeful, like, we don't want a black... You know what I mean? No, you heard what the director said. Josh Boone, he was like, I cast somebody who people would think could be affluent in terms of Sunspot. So fuck that guy. It was a shitty call. That director's a fucking idiot. It wasn't a mistake. It was bullshit. And I honestly don't believe that. I feel like he was trying to over-defend it, and it just made it worse. And here's the thing. I'm just going to tell this right now. When people call you out for racism, for not representing people properly, here's the deal. All the group wants when they get mad, they don't want to boycott you. They just want you to be like, you know what? I'm sorry. I fucked I should up. Have tried I'm sorry. Better. Yeah. That's all they want. Case Why is it point, so hard for people? Case in point, this guy made it worse. Another person who just made it worse, Sia. Did you hear what she did? Oh, the um, nonverbal autistic character? Yeah. All she had no. to do was like, I'm sorry. And that would have been over with. Instead, she's like, well, maybe autistic people can't act good enough. Ugh, and now, been... a movie she made 
for the autistic community is, is, is now considered being garbage. completely yeah. boycotted by the autistic Taboo. community because of a tweet. Because how stupid... I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, you are so stupid. You just say, I'm sorry, I should have tried better. And then you will try better. That's all you have to really do. That's it. Not hard. Instead, people double down. Yeah. People just yeah. want to double down. God and forbid that's people... Where, are not and that's right. where I get mad where people are like on the right, people are like, oh, this cancel culture is like ruining us. And I would say the majority of the people that are ruining cancel culture is by people doubling down when they are called out on stuff. Yes. If they can just react to it the correct way, just you relent. will not Show be some canceled. Yes. Fucking the girl who is on search party and um, arrested development. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe she um, recently got in trouble because an old interview came up where she quoted a Drake lyric that had the N-word in it. What did she do? She apologized. That was stupid of me. I realize now that was dumb. I shouldn't do that. I'm not going to do that again. And then it was no longer a story and no one cared. And you can watch Search Party with impunity. Exactly. That's what I mean. It's like, it's not hard. Why Damn. saying right. I'm sorry so hard? Okay, sorry, New Mutants. But talking now about let's talk about the New Mutants, how great it is. Um, all the characters felt like those characters. It was so on point. And it the was girl them. And, the, and and the girl who's now in the Queen's Gambit, which is a Netflix show that's Anna Taylor Joy. Anna Taylor Joy, like she needs to be magic forever. She was so good. Do you understand that she's in my new my holy trinity of, of actresses? My new holy trinity of actresses? Who's in the other? Is she the God? Is she Jesus or the Holy Spirit? Oh, I don't know what any of that means. Um, <laughs> me and my friends who I saw New Mutants with, we agreed that the Holy Trinity are Anna Taylor Joy, Jessica Roth from Happy Death Day, and um, oh, oh my God, Anna Taylor Joy, Jessica Roth, and Samara Weaving from The Babysitter. And ready or so not. So it's not, it's it's a holy trinity of, like, blonde actresses. Uh, it's a holy trinity of I'll watch anything they're in, except Utopia on Amazon Prime, which sucks. And Jessica Roth is in it, and that's a shame. Isn't, is Keanu Reeves in that? No, John Cusack? John Cusack. Why did I mix those two? Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, that, looks it. that looks it's awful. It's awful. It's awful. Okay. New Mutants. Sam, I was worried. Totally felt like Sam Guthrie. I great. loved... Patrick Keaton as Sam Guthrie. Um, the dude that plays Sunspot, super hot. Um, so hot. Anna Taylor Joy is like, she is so perfect. It's perfection. It's She's one of so the most perfect, perfect characters in the X Men universe ever created. And I thought, which is why I was like, even if the rest of the movie was awful, I still would be. It's kind of like, yeah. she is the literal opposite of um, X Men First Class Emma Frost. What's her name? Right. Yeah, January Jones. January Jones is the literal opposite of like the literally the yeah, worst she choice. Like awful. She was so good in it. She's perfect. But let me tell you something. My and Blue Cantrell. No, what's her name that plays Danny Moonstar? She was yeah. fine. I thought it was, she was fine. She's but, fine, but she's not the best actress. No, she wasn't. I felt her but, acting but was the weakest link. I thought the strongest link was that was it Macy Williams. So good. As Rain, she, I, I, that's my favorite part of the movie. 
Will Spain was my favorite part. Rain was my favorite part. I loved her to death. I loved her. She was sweet. She was tender. She was Rain Sinclair. I loved it. Yeah. She had, she had all a Scottish of the trauma, all the trauma that Rain is known for. She but ate her dad. Lesbian love. And lesbian love. It's a I lesbian like, fucking me love story. Lesbians in my X Men movies. Yeah. I could oh, great. And the way it, it made Mirage's powers. Like Danny Moonstar's powers were awesome. Yeah. They so were one a thing fucking I missed. horror movie. Okay, so big spoiler here. Lockheed, for fuck's sake, is in the movie. Yes. How did Lockheed come to life? Like, I blinked and I missed it. Um, I think it was part of Danny Moonstar's... Uh, no, no, it was either... No, wait. She went to, to Limbo. No, she like, went she... to Limbo. I think I think um, it's it was that, car- that Lockheed was in Limbo the whole time. Yeah. But yeah. they're also kind of referencing that Limbo is something that she created. She created. So I have a feeling when she was in Limbo, she created... Like she created Lockheed, yeah. she created all of those things. So she's this movie magic is a lot more powerful than regular Ileana. And you know who like else is creating worlds? Powerful. Cecilia, Cecilia Reyes. Is yeah, with a shield powerful. around the whole hospital. Yeah, she has a shield around the whole hospital that they can't escape from. Yeah, and she can't listen, even teleport out of it. Listen, I loved it. I thought it was great because it literally was like part horror movie. And it was part, um, the only thing I would have loved is I would have wished they pushed it, made it hard R and made it even scarier. Yeah. I would. You know what I mean? And that, the thing that I had the biggest problem with is the dickhead of the movie, the director. I felt if you gave this to the guy who did Aquaman and the conjuring. Yeah. If he directed this movie and gave it that horror movie suspense, chill, it would have been a masterpiece. Yeah. There was a lot of things just in the direction where I felt like the scariness was like not used to its full advantage, which was just the fault, not the fault of the script, not the fault of the actors. It was the fault of the direction. So that director can go fuck himself. Who even knows what, how many cuts that movie went through over the course of it? Well, I think in the end, they just ended up just going with, all right, here, we're doing this one. But I felt it was everything that I wanted it to be. Yeah. And how can you hate that? So if you hate the New Mutants movie... You hate the New Mutants. Well, it's also then like, what, did you think Dark Phoenix was better? Oh, I can't wait to get to my rankings. Well, I think maybe that, I think that's a segue into it. Oh, ladies and gentlemen and everyone beyond and in between, we are going to rank all the X-Men movies, including New Mutants. And that, and so just to, just to make sure we're on the same page, you had thirteen of them, correct? I have twelve. You have twelve. Do you have both? Do you have all three Wolverine movies? Yeah. Um. Oh, I'm missing First Class. Oh, okay. One, well, one moment. I know. I know exactly where. I put that. <laughs> Add that in there. First class is traumatizing for me. I got into a... I was so upset by January Jones, I got into the worst car accident of my life driving home from that movie. Oh. (laughs) Okay, now I'm good. Like, I literally flipped my car over on the 101 and almost died. Yeah. Thank you, January Jones. I should sue her. You should. Just for that performance. All All right, right. you ready? So, number 13. So, we're each going to do our numbers, right? 
Yes, so who do you have at number 13, last place? Okay, so number 13, and therefore the worst X-Men movie ever made. I've got Dark Phoenix, friends, because that was the most boring thing I've ever seen. It has an action sequence of the X-Men trying to cross the street. It, <laughs> it was grounded in nothing. It forgot yeah. what had been established in the movie before it. It was the most lifeless. I've never not connected with a movie so much in my life. And this is literally about my favorite story on the fucking planet. And I had zero connection to it. I did not have Dark Phoenix last. And it's because this one, it's almost a cheat. Because this movie seemed so bad, it's the only one I didn't see. The Wolverine. Oh. The second Wolverine one. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even see it. We'll get to it. So I'm just going to put it in last place. Because guess what? If you can't even get me interested to see your movie because it looks dumb... I'm, and then I, I'm just going to put it in last place, and I have no qualms about it. I would argue, then, that it's actually the first one that belongs in last place, because that's the one that ruined all future. <laughs> but I, but I, I respect your decisions. Okay. All right. So, number 12, continuing on my theme of just don't, if you can't do Dark Phoenix... Don't fucking do it. Number 12 <laughs> is X-Men 3, The Last Stand. I have never been so heartbroken from a movie before. At least I knew what to expect with Dark Phoenix. I went into X-Men 3 thinking that they were going to continue that beautiful momentum from the second one. And I watched as life unraveled before my eyes. And this is why I have X-Men Last Stand. What you just said is why I have X-Men Last Stand as number 12 and Dark Phoenix as number 11. Because I expected Dark Phoenix to be bad. X-Men Last Stand was like a knife in my heart. And that is why I put X-Men Last Stand as worse than Dark Phoenix. Because that was like a fucking knife in my heart. Dark Phoenix, I went in like, this is going to be bad. All right, it was bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I had to put X-Men Last Stand worse. Fuck fuck you, Brett. X-Men 3, I sat there in disbelief after the movie was over. I was like, what the... What just happened? Yeah. How do you make Dark Phoenix stupid and uninteresting? Um, I don't know. How do you make Wolverine stupid and uninteresting? Well, my number 11 movie, X-Men Origins Wolverine, did a great job of that. <laughs> yeah, that one's pretty bad. And honestly, mine, that's as I said, Dark Phoenix is 11. My X-Men Wolverine is number 10. Yeah. And that is probably the reason I didn't watch the other Wolverine movie. <laughs> Because yeah. it was so bad. Well, my uh, my number 10 is actually The Wolverine. The Wolverine is a better movie than X-Men Origins Wolverine. I wouldn't know I would because say- Origins Wolverine ruined it. Deadpool? Yeah. Ryan Reynolds? Even yeah, he had to kill it. himself. Even he <laughs> yeah. had to murder himself going so on. But I will bad. say, I mean, as I kind of suspected... Our top four worst movies are the same. Are the same. I want to tell you this, though, on The Wolverine. It's actually pretty good. Um, I should rewatch it. I should rewatch you, it. You, you should watch it. Yukio is great. Love me some Yukio. The I only love Yukio thing, Storm more than Yukio Wolverine. Yeah. The only thing truly god-awful about The Wolverine the is Viper. 
Oh, okay. It is like they stuck a cartoon. Like, what's a movie where like everyone's real, but there's one cartoon character? It's like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's this pretty grounded, pretty good kind of samurai movie, and then there's this snake lady popping around everywhere. <laughs> it's 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 there's a lot of yeah uh, disconnect happening. All right. Well, here's who do you have at number nine? Number nine is um, mostly for Oscar Isaac. My number nine is X-Men Apocalypse. That's my number nine, too. God, what a shitty movie. Just, I mean, oh, my God. It's so boring. But my only thing is, like, at least it's got a lot of characters in it. Yes. But I also will say, for me, a thing that can destroy a movie is if they betray betray a favorite character of mine. (laughs) And they betrayed Psylocke. They made her powers make no sense and so stupid. And Olivia Munn said that Brian Singer didn't even know who Psylocke was. Yeah. Then fucking read a comic, you fucking pedophile. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, It is nonsense garbage. Um, Like, no one has anything to do in that movie. Yeah. Um, but but it does establish that Jean Grey has the Phoenix inside her, which then Dark Phoenix totally disregarded, <laughs> and she got it in space. Okay, I know that's like let's just not even pay attention to the last movie. Like oh, don't even ugh, whatever. This was also the one where it's just like the fact that Jennifer Lawrence won an Oscar kind of ruined the evolution of Mystique. Yeah, so like let's just yeah. make her a good guy. Which she never was. And we don't, and she was, she then was like, I don't want to have to wear the makeup. And they were like, okay. <laughs> yeah. We'll figure out ways that you don't have to. Um, It's real bad. So that was your number nine. Number eight. I have a feeling this is going to be different. My number eight was X-Men First Class. That is also my number eight. Oh, wow. And that yeah. is, I would say 90% of it is January Jones. January Jones. You can go to hell. Also, I mean, these movies never and, should have been made. And it's an, an, an abortion of a performance. It's so bad. It's so insulting. It is so joyless. Also, these movies never should have been made. The whole McAvoy, Fassbender, like, thank goodness for Days of Future Past. Like, that was the only good that came out of all of this. Yeah. Well, Days of Future Past was where, even though I hate Brian Singer, at least he was like, let me try and make sense of some of this. And then he fucked it all up in Apocalypse. But ugh. yeah, I mean, we should we should say that we've taken Brian Singer out of the equation. Doing oh, I problems. didn't, I didn't. Which will be, I will explain that later on, because I had a all right. Well, I'll explain it later on. Okay, I love it. Number um, seven. Number seven. I put Days of Future Past. Oh, interesting. I put Deadpool two. Okay. Yeah. I love Why? the Deadpool movies because so I I love the Deadpool movies so yeah. I I put them a bit higher up. Days of Future Past, I, at this point now, I would say at this point now, I love all these movies. So it's not even like, oh, this was a bad movie. That's why it's a number seven. This is now just splitting hairs. I just like the other ones better. I love Days of Future Past. I think yeah. the opening scenes with Blink and Warpath and, and Halle Berry Storm, just even the like Wolverine, naked Wolverine. Yeah. There's a lot of good in this movie. There is a lot of good. In fact, I think your art lists are similar in that 
we like numbers one through seven. We don't like numbers eight through thirteen. Yes, yes. What do you I have love for Deadpool no- too? Oh yeah. What do you have for numbers? What do you have then for number six? Number six, I have the New Mutants. Number six, I have the New Mutants. Yay! So does that um, mean number five? Do you have Days of Future Past? No, number five, I have Deadpool. Oh, okay. Number five, I have Deadpool two. Deadpool movies are great. Yes. Uh, so Deadpool enjoyable. two. Deadpool two. The X Force scene alone. Oh yeah. Is brilliant. Cinema master. So fucking funny. Fantastic. Um, New Mutants is good. It's a very good movie. If you haven't seen it, it's good. So for number four. Oh, number five, I've got Deadpool. Oh, oh, so number five. Wait, so number six. Wait, New Mutants. Number five, you have Deadpool. Yes. I have Deadpool 2. You have Deadpool 2. And number four, I have Deadpool. Number four, I have the original X-Men. But I have to say, seeing that for the first time around other X-Fans, one of the best moments of my life. Yes. Yes. That is why I put that movie at number three. Oh. Wow, number so three. your future past is way far up Yeah, there. number three, I've got Days of Future Past. I think it's... All right. Well, it also looks stellar. like we're going it's to have fantastic. the same top two. But in which order? Well, here's it's be the, the same deal. Order. One, if you went by when I saw it, it would be different. But oh, I am now using... Yeah. The fact that the director is a pedophile has tainted it for me, yeah. and I have switched my order. So at yeah. number two, I put X2. Because it is Brian Singer, I could not give it number one. So number one is Logan. And number one is Logan. What about you? Uh, I have switched it. I have X2 as my number one, and Logan as my number two. And honestly, I could s- totally see that way, and literally the only reason is just me personally giving Brian Singer's direction the number yeah. one movie. Yeah, no, you're right. Puts a bad taste in my mouth. You're right to do it. You're right to do it. But also, I... these movies are great for very different reasons. All I know is that I sat down in the movie theater, it went dark, and when the screen lights came up, Nightcrawler was bamfing all over the White House. That's just, I mean, what am I supposed to do here? Also, it's just that movie just was it was just sheer perfection. X2. It just I mean, it's, was, per, it's balanced. It's perfectly balanced. It's balanced. It kind of just the things that weren't working in the first one, like it kind of fixed. It was just great. Yeah. Like Hallie's accent, a storm. Yes. But I will say Logan is a work Lo- of art. Logan is a far superior film. It's a X2. work of art. Yes. yes. But that's the thing. The fanboy in me. X2 all the way. I yeah. could rewatch X2 over and over and over again. Anytime. I probably don't want to watch Logan over and over and over again. And part, but that's part of the beauty of Logan is that it's so fucking tragic. Yes. And that's why it was like, I was like, I don't know which one to put first or second because they're so different. And Brian Singer was the deciding factor. Yeah, But that's Logan good. is just such a fucking great movie. And they both so have moments where I will uncontrollably sob every time I see it. Yeah. In Logan, it's where X-23 tilts the cross grave yes. to, um, to be an X. X. And in X-2, it's when Jean sacrifices herself and starts to phoenix up. You don't understand. I saw that movie. In the th- it's one of those things of like, if you 
saw there's times where you remember seeing a movie in the theater but if you remember a specific moment in the theater i saw it with my stupid awful boyfriend at the time and some other friends and one other girl and she's the only one that knew the x-men and when you saw fucking famka chanson's start to get the phoenix i just looked over at her and she looked at me and we were like none of these fuckers understand yep what is that this is an amazing moment right now this is an amazing moment and then it was this, ruined this is an this is an impression <laughs> of me seeing that moment hand. seeing that moment for the first okay, time yeah. it was it was what what is she going to oh my god oh my god are they going to oh my god oh my god Oh my god. 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 And then Brett's in a fetal position on the movie theater floor. Literally. I just couldn't believe it. And that's our list of X-Men movies. And the next time we can talk about this is when they're introduced back into the MCU. Marvel, you're next. And there's been a lot of rumors and stuff of like how they're going to be introduced, where they're going to be introduced. I've heard Storm in Black Panther 2. I've heard Mystique and Rogue in Captain Marvel 2. I've heard um, Logan in Shang-Chi. So many different possibilities. And I would be down for all of them. Plus, it's also, it's like, Disney, come on. Do you not realize if you had a post-credits scene and fucking claws like the snicked claws come up do you understand the standing ovation you would have it's it's easy easy they know they know and they've got a great plan brett i'm exhausted i am excited and exhausted so i need to lie down i've been lying down this entire time oh my god so casual yeah, I just have the microphone on the bed right next to me. Ooh. Oh. Do you know what else is casual? What? Reading comics. Do you know what it does to you? I heard that it makes you... Queer! Queer. That's right! Bye. Bye! Bye! <laughs>